Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Did you watch the Olympics this year? And if so, was there an event that really stood out to you? For me, it was the triathlon and Georgia Taylor-Brown when she suffered a punctured tyre. And she still went on to claw back a silver medal, which was just phenomenal. I knew I had to reach out and thankfully she's came on the podcast. So let's find out the whole story. Good evening, Georgia. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Thank you very much for having me. Good evening. Good evening. First of all, congratulations on your recent success. Thank you very much. Thank it, you. Oh, it was incredible to watch. Do you just want to tell listeners, Georgia, exactly what we're talking about when I'm talking about your recent success? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a few months back now. So, yeah, the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games, I uh, came second uh, in the individual race and we won the mix team relay in triathlon. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, (laughs) to say you're a silver medalist and a gold medalist at the Olympics in, you know, at the same, unbelievable. I mean, has it sunk in yet how that feels? Um, Yeah, I think so many people ask that question, whether it's sunk in or not. And I don't really know what it should feel like when it has sunk in, whether it ever will sink in. And it's it's weird, but I'm still very shocked and quite emotional when I look at my Olympic medals. And even when I look back over pictures as well, um, it's nice sometimes to just sit and look through all the pictures on a race day on my phone and just sort of reminisce, I guess. Um, I but it's also like it's I'm really happy looking at them. But then I also get really sad looking at them because I think that was such an incredible feeling. And I might never get that again because yeah. it's so different to any other race. Yeah. Um, but I, I can still remember exactly how I felt when I crossed the finish line in individual race and I was just there was just so many emotions going through my head I was happy and I was just like so there's just loads of mixed emotions going through my head but no it's yeah it was an incredible achievement and something that will I think shocks me every single day Oh, well, I mean, I can't wait to talk about it. We'll, we will talk about it later on because we spoke prior to this about I was just gripped, absolutely gripped by it. It was phenomenal. But if we go back to the beginning then, Georgia, so wh- where did you grow up and what did you do as a child? Uh, so I grew up in Manchester and as a kid, I always swam. So from, I think from like the age of five, I always say the age of five. I think it was yeah. about five that I started swimming. And mainly, I think I just... I'm from quite a sporty family. So my parents are very, they were very sporty when they were younger. My dad was a professional runner and my mom competed at national level for swimming and, and running. And so I was just brought up into a sporty family. So um, I think swimming was the one that I guess most kids learn at a young age because it's easier to pick it up from a young age and it's just good to be able to swim. So yeah, we were sort of thrown in the pool and I really enjoyed it and I was quite good at it um, and I advanced quite quickly. And then I just mostly I enjoyed swimming, but I actually just enjoyed the whole environment and meeting so many different people there and making friends. And it was just fun to be there. Like after school, we'd always go swimming and it would just be it would just be fun to be there. So I just really enjoyed it. 
Um, but then, yeah, I swam. I, I, I think from the age of five, I don't think I ever really stopped swimming. I don't remember ever taking any time out of the pool. Um, and like I said, I just sort of advanced. So I started a, a lower level swim club and then I went to um, sort of a national squad at Manchester Aquatic Centre. And then when I was like 13, 14, I think I was about year eight or nine in high school. I We did kind of cross country trials around the school grounds um, and I was quite good at running just because I, I had that endurance base from all of the swimming because I was doing so much swimming um so I just had an endurance base I was really good at the cross-country running because it's just go 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 at quite a steady pace just keep going um and so I think the 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 PE teacher at at my high school she spotted that I had a bit of a bit of a talent for running and uh, then I went to went to like my local tame size schools cross country and then went to greater manchester schools cross country and sort of advanced from there english schools cross country and then the schools international so yeah i was i was just quite good at cross country but again i just really enjoyed it and i think that's why i was good at it because i wanted to be there i really enjoyed doing the cross country races how did you manage the swimming and the cross country then because i can imagine you're both competing on a weekend if you're going to be doing that yeah so at the start i was doing mostly swimming so I, I I basically ran once a week so I was swimming about 16 to 18 hours a week wow. um so Monday to Friday and then I think we swam on a Saturday morning and I was also doing Monday Tuesday and Thursday mornings as well so I was doing a lot of swimming yeah, yeah. and after swimming we were doing sort of core land work as well um so the only day I actually ran at at that point for the first year or two was on a Tuesday we'd go from our two-hour swim session straight to the run session run session for an hour and then get back in the car and mum would always be like god you stink of chlorine because obviously (laughs) we were sweating from the running all the chlorine was coming out and we couldn't smell it um but me and my friend we used to do it together and so we'd basically yeah we'd just finish swimming, rush, get all our run clothes on. And I just remember in the winter being absolutely freezing because we'd come out the pool. Our, oh, sorry, my phone went off. Oh. Our uh, our hair would be soaking wet. So we'd put bobble hats on. We'd be fully wrapped up. We had long <laughs> socks on, gloves. And looking back now, I think, how the hell did I have the energy? Because on a Tuesday, I would get up at half past four and then we'd go swimming and we'd swim for two hours in the morning. And then we go to school all day to yeah, high yeah. school. Then we'd get back. We'd have about an hour at home. Then we'd go to swimming again in the evening for two hours. And then I'd do an hour run session. And I just look back now and I think, I don't know how I did that. It's funny you say that. We went to watch our friends, their daughter competes in triathlon. And there was a duathlon in, in the Northeast a couple of weeks ago. And she competed there. And then she did a gala on Sunday. When mm. she was swimming all day. And I was just like, Wow. And, and then the day we went to watch her as well compete, that it was miserable the weather. And every single kid from being like I was like six years old upwards com- competed, completed. And then she was like, Oh yeah, I've got my gala as well tomorrow. And I was like, Oh my yeah. goodness. And then she qualified, I think, for the Northeast Regionals as well. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> the dedication from the children who are doing this is absolutely immense. Yeah, it is. It's mental. And I just think I was just so happy and I think that's the main thing as long as you're enjoying it just just do it because my sister my little sister she's 14 she's nearly 15 
and she just loves sport. She's like tonight they're off swimming this evening and last night they were playing football and then she goes skateboarding and that, there's just no, no yeah. stopping her. So it's just constant, but she absolutely loves it and she she really enjoys doing all these different sports. So I think why not while you're while you're enjoying 100%. it? One hundred percent. I mean when you're talking about that, you sort of started swimming at a national level when you went to Manchester Aquatics. You're now running at a national level. Managing that from a just from a time must have been really hard. Your parents must have been driving here, there, and everywhere. But also, yeah. what was it like being at school? And when because you're talking about being in the high school years, and that's when children start maybe going off in different directions and maybe start experimenting with different things as well if it's you know partners if it's sometimes drinking unfortunately but it happens when you're in high school Mm -hmm. were you kind of in friendship groups with people who were doing similar stuff to you so it was easy to manage or were you just had to be really committed no I was like yeah no I was like the the freak in my friendship group and it like, it's just funny because I had, God, there was quite a few of us in the group, actually, like five. There's about eight of us in my friendship group and all the all the other girls and my best friend, they were going out all the time at the weekends with house parties. They were interested in boys. And I just, I, I don't know, I just was never, I had the opportunity to go to those things and do all that stuff, but I just never wanted to. Um and yeah, they just used to think I was incredible. Like, because I've I've always had a six pack for as long as I can remember. Um, and they they just used to think it was amazing. Whereas I would sort of when we're getting ready for PE, I would yeah. always hide in the corner because I was like, oh god, girls don't have six packs. This is not okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was just trying to hide. I was like, oh god, I look like a boy. Um, and they were like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. How do you do that? And I was like, I don't want one. But I think. They just, they, it was, I don't know, it was just an easy friendship group. They didn't, we didn't fall out because I couldn't go to these house parties. They just loved that I did sport and they thought I was incredible doing all these competitions every weekend. And they were almost like, oh, I wish I could do that. Um, But yeah, I think I just, looking back, I, I think some, I guess maybe some athletes think, oh God, I wasted all those years doing sport and I missed out on so much and I sacrificed so much. And I don't feel like, obviously I've made sacrifices over the years, but that's mainly due to sort of family events and not being able to be there with my family as much as I would like to have been. But in terms of going out and doing all the things that kids do, I didn't, I I don't think I feel like I missed out on that because even now that's not for me. Like some people that, don't do that as kids and and haven't got the opportunity to go out as kids when they're younger, then later in life, just go out all the time, partying and go absolutely crazy. Whereas I've never, that's just not for me. And I don't know, it's strange. I just, I don't really like drinking that much. Like I'm I'm a bit more civilized, if you want to call it, where I'd rather have a glass of wine with dinner rather than go out and get absolutely wasted at the weekend. But it was hard. I think it was, Looking back, I did. I think I managed it fairly well, and I was quite sensible in that when it was around GCSE time, I took time out of sport a little bit. Like I missed a few sessions here and there because I knew I needed to focus on my studies. And I think I've I have always been pretty good at balancing that, and I know where the limit is, and I know when I'm too tired. Um, but yeah, I do. I do remember sort of being at the end of the day in school and the very top floor in school it was really hot and that's where English classes were and I hated English anyway and because of my surname being a T 
yeah. I would always be sat at the back of the class. So I would just put my anthology up, pretending that I was reading it. And I'd just put my head down for a little nap. And I'd just say to the girl next to me, I said, can you just let me know if the teacher comes over and just wake me up? Because I just remember being so tired sometimes in school. And then like revising for GCSEs is when I had to start drinking coffee as well, because I was like, God, I'm really suffering yeah, here. Yeah. And I hated it at first. I was trying to drink this coffee like, oh, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, but I do remember time, so many times just like sat on the sofa downstairs and I would fall, I would fall asleep with all my books around me and then wake up an hour later, like, oh God, I've missed all the revision. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it was, it was like, I guess it is hard to balance it. And that's the main reason that I took up triathlon because yeah. I couldn't, I love swimming and I love running, but there was no there wasn't a, an Olympic sport that was swimming and running. Um, so I had to decide because I did, I wanted to be a professional athlete. That was what I wanted to do from a young age. And I wanted to win Olympic medals and I wanted to go to all these events and I wanted that, that to be my job. So I had to decide from the age of 15, 16, which is quite young, that yeah, um, I was going to commit to this. And then we decided to, that I would take up triathlon because right. I could then, put those spots together and I didn't have to sacrifice one and um, right. so yeah that's kind of where my triathlon journey began when I was about 15. Well, did you have someone in your year saying you know from the running club or from the, from the swimming club who was saying George if you just apply yourself to one of these disciplines you've got potential to go on and be an Olympian or represent Great Britain at an international event or or was it very much you just thought that that was never an option? Um, swimming was never an option for me. Um, I don't think I enjoyed it enough. Like I, I liked being there, but I did, I messed around a lot. Um, and I went for the social side. Um, and yeah, I just, I knew that swimming wasn't for me. I didn't want to be a professional swimmer. I could see myself being a runner and that, that was an option at one point. And I was getting offers for scholarships to go to America to run there. And obviously that's quite tempting, but yeah. I just, I, I never saw myself being like, I didn't ever vision myself being on the top of an Olympic podium yeah, yeah. for running because I, I just, I knew that I was there or thereabouts in running and I was okay at running, but I wasn't ever going to be the best in running. Yeah. Um. So I, I, yeah, I just knew that that wasn't for me. So when my mom kind of said, oh, let's go to this trial day for, for British triathlon and and see how you get on there and if you get on the team then great um and yeah luckily luckily I, I did get on the the British half on the um like the talent squad at the time I got on the team and then they helped me get into triathlons and gave me my first bike and that's when I just had to learn to basically ride ride I thought, a bike. I thought you were gonna say but so you did your first triathlon you were amazing at swimming you were amazing at running and then you got your bike with your stabilizers and you had to do yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't sound like you had any time to learn how to ride a bike as a child <laughs> yeah no no I, I could I could ride a bike but it's, a mountain bike is so different to a road yeah. bike yeah. like it's just it's very daunting because the, the tires are so skinny and you yeah, think yeah. there's no way that that's going to stay upright uh so we did actually as a as a youngster I did a bit of um riding on the Manchester Velodrome right um so I did do a little bit of that but Again, it was something that I tried and realized it wasn't for me. And yeah, yeah. um, I did that with a lot of sports. I tried them. It wasn't for me. Um, and I was very, 
very lucky and fortunate that we had the the opportunity to try all these different sports and and realize that they weren't for us. So yeah, I, I tried all sorts. I mean, I tried hurdling and all the different athletic sports, and then we did a bit of horse riding. I did some dancing, gymnastic. Like we tried everything, um, and yeah, we just we just gave it a go. But yeah, yeah. it 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 wasn't for me. I mean, ten year ago to be doing just over 10 years ago triathlon maybe wasn't wasn't as big as what it is now mm-hmm, I, I, yeah. mean, I, I could be speaking out of turn there I, I, I don't remember being sort of in, in my 20s and thinking wow triathlon this huge upcoming event I wouldn't I couldn't have told you where I would have to go for a triathlon club if someone had said yeah. to me I want to try triathlon I would have had to do some research about that so how did how did you find out about triathlon? Was it one of your parents who said, "Okay, well, if you want to keep both those disciplines, you can do triathlon"? Because obviously there's duathlon as well and aquathlons and stuff. So, where, how how did your parents find out about that? Uh, I don't, I think my mum sort of followed it because, like I said, we're just a massive sport sporty family, um, and so I think my mum sort of followed triathlon. Um, I must have known what it was from being a kid, from like being a ten year old, because there's a, a like a PowerPoint presentation I made where I said I wanted to be a triathlete and win oh, wow. Olympic medals. Wow! And I I don't think I even remember what triathlon was then, but I'm I mean I must have because I yeah, wrote yeah. this presentation. Um, but I think we did go and watch some triathlons. Like um, there used to be a a World Cup at Salford Keys. Right. Quite a few years back now, um, so I definitely and I, I do remember going to watch that. So I, I must have known what triathlon yeah, yeah. was. Um, but yeah, mum just sort of entered me for that. But yeah, like yeah, like you said triathlon was very small, and even when I first started triathlon, people would kind of say, "Oh, is that the one with the fencing and the horse yeah, riding?" Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Not quite. You've been yeah, a yeah. little bit wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely got a lot bigger now. But I also think it's got a lot bigger because they've changed the dynamic of things as well. And they're, they're mixing things up, like they're doing the mixed team relay. Yeah, yeah. And then we're doing like the super league triathlon, which is really exciting. So I think it, it has got bigger because it's got more exciting. And yeah. it's not just the non-drafting Olympic distance yeah, yeah. where it's all quite boring. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like, it's exciting to be a part of that movement and yeah. that things are changing and, there's so much happening and it keeps us on our, our toes because yeah. we're not, we can't just be endurance athletes now. We yeah, ha- yeah. also have to have that quick fire speed. And then we've got to think about the speed as well, going into the mixed team relay and that adds a different dynamic and that's really fun to do. So yeah, it's, it's quite, it's, it's quite cool being a part of that movement. I can imagine. I mean, I th- I'm trying to think when I, it was probably, when I first become really aware, it was probably the Brownies of 2012, or the 2012 games and the success mm-hmm. they had and, the, and that really brought attention to it. But do you think that the triathlon and do you think the, the governing body are changing things up to encourage other people from other disciplines into that? Um. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. I think, well, I think a lot of, I think that a lot of runners come into triathlon because they end up getting so injured from yeah. all of the running mileage. So then when they're injured, they start doing a bit of cross training and that usually involves swimming. And so then they're like, hmm, actually, I quite like this swimming. And then they think, oh, well, I'm a pretty good runner uh, and I can swim now and then I can ride a bike. So a lot of people come from like the running background because of injuries. And that's why triathlon is just sort of cross training, isn't it? And it it is great because if you 
if you're injured, then you you can afford to to miss time off running because yeah, you, yeah. you're spinning, you're cycling. So who, yeah, I'm trying I think, to think who was I talking to who did that? Emma Pallant. Oh yeah, Emma Pallant Brown. I know she she was a runner and then she did aquathlon, duathlon, and then mm-hmm. went over to triathlon as well. Yeah, because I think she I think she got quite injured. She um, did, yeah, That's for right, a while, yeah. So yeah, so it. But like for me, so when I when I get injured from running too much or running based injury, a lower limb injury, then I can swim and I can ride my bike still. Um, So I can keep quite good fitness there. It's just the speed sort of that you lose. Um, So yeah, I think there's, there's definitely much more, a lot, there's more attention on triathlon now and people seem to want to get involved in it. And I also think a lot of people do a triathlon because they want to say that they've done a triathlon. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, like a bucket list sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, but then I think they do the first one and they're like, oh, actually, this is a really nice environment. I want to keep doing this. So yeah, yeah. it's it's nice that people think that. And I I think it's such a nice environment compared to other sports I've been to. It's just a very friendly environment and very welcoming. So what was it like then when you, you went to these trials and you qualified for the, for the, it, for the British trials? It was a bit, I was, it was a bit daunting being there because... I didn't know, I didn't really know anyone and everyone there had done a triathlon. So then I basically spent the whole day just thinking, oh, great. What am I even here for? Everyone's done a bloody triathlon and I haven't even done one. So I'm definitely not going to get picked. And they, uh, like I had a really good, so what you have to do is a 1500 meter run on the track and a 400 meter swim. And the time you got for those basically gave you a certain amount of points and my times gave me the max, the, like the maximum points you could get. Right. Um, but that still didn't mean that I was going to be a good triathlete. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, we sort of did things throughout the day and like different um, team activities and stuff. Um, and then at the end of the day, they kind of sit you down and and have a little chat with you. And they kind of said to me, "Oh well, obviously you're you're a very good athlete, but you've never done a triathlon, and it." it it's not super likely that we would be able to pick you, but because obviously people here have done triathlons and they've been coming to these every year to try and get on the team. And then, yeah, the day after they called me and said that I had made the team. So I was quite surprised because they kind of took that chance on me there. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, they gave me a road bike and I just had to get on that and get riding and get the miles in my legs, really. Yeah, and that yeah. was the the start of it. And then with the, with the talent squad, we met every um basically every school holidays we met like four times a year right and we'd go on a week-long training camp and they were really really intense because at home I wasn't doing as much training as I would have been doing on these camps because yeah, yeah. like I had school at home whereas yeah, these yeah. camps were just about training for a week so they were really intense and I remember so many times just breaking down to the coaches and just crying because I was like I can't ride my bike today I'm so tired um, but yeah, no, I, I got through it and it made me stronger, but it took me two years to be able to stick in a bike group. Really? Uh, Cause I was constantly getting dropped and like, especially the first year of being in those, of being on these camps, I was always having to get in the van cause I just found it so hard on the bike and yeah. just, I was using so much energy as well. Cause I just wasn't very efficient in my riding then. And I was just getting hunger knock all the time. So yeah, it was, it was really like. It was hard at the start because I wanted to be able to sort of prove myself because they took a chance on me and yeah, they yeah. put this non-triathlete into this performance squad. 
And then I, I felt like I had to prove myself and show, no, I was worth this chance and I'm going to be good at this. So yeah, it was, it was kind of upsetting at the start that I couldn't do all these things on the camps, but I still managed to race pretty well because I was a good swimmer. So I was always out there out the water and then I could just, just about hang on to bike groups uh, and I, I ran pretty well. So I did okay, but I still wanted to be able to obviously get better and, I mean, things haven't changed. I still, there's still so much that I can get better on and improve on all the time. Wow. I mean, was there any point there? I mean, you've just talked about, I wanted to prove myself and prove myself. Was there any point during that journey over the two years where you just thought, I, I don't know if this is for me? Uh, no, you know what? There wasn't. And I had quite a horrific injury in 2013. And there wasn't, uh, no, yeah, 20, 2014. Um, and that put me out for two years. And even during that time, I never thought this isn't for me. I don't want to do this anymore. And I never wanted to back down because I was so, I don't know what it is about me. I just so determined to be an athlete just because hey. I just, I love it. And maybe I, I love it, but maybe part of me is also scared to enter the real world and get a real job. And I don't know what I fully want to do, but I mean, to me, like there's some days where, especially now it's getting colder and we're getting into the winter yeah. where I do think, Oh God, I wish I just had a normal indoor job where I don't have to go out on my bike for four yeah. hours in the rain and be freezing and just in pain the whole time. So there are still moments that I, I do, I don't hate it, but it's hard to get through <laughs> sessions sometimes. Yeah. And is, then is, do you think it benefits people from the UK though, that our weather isn't great because you know, it'd be very easy to move to warmer climates and you do see a lot of people who do that for training. But do you think actually yeah. that that's one of those go-to points when it, when you have to really knuckle down and things are getting really hard where you go, well, look, at it's been December, January. I've been out cycling in sort of like two degrees where it feels like pins are hitting you in the face because it's raining. I can push through this, no problem. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's part of us Brits that want to be tough and tough yeah. it out and we're like yeah we don't need to go on a training camp we can get through this but then then there's moments where you're like oh this is kind of just this is stupidity now I mean yeah, yeah. there's no reason that we should be riding around in snow oh, uh, yeah, and definitely. it's not going to make me stronger yeah <laughs> but we just want to be we just want to like oh, we're British we yeah, love the yeah. British weather and we can get through anything but I don't know I, I don't I think it it probably does help us and it makes us stronger. And I guess we're prepared then if it's a cold, windy, wet yeah. race, then maybe we can manage it a bit better. And we've probably got better bike handling skills as well. And we're not afraid of the rain. Yeah. Um, but obviously we still will go away if it's really bad weather, because there's no point in just no. staying in the UK for the sake of staying yeah. in the UK. And it's, it's just, Going away when it's nicer weather, it's just easier, isn't it? You want yeah. to get out the door and train. And oh, you want to get out in the sun. Definitely. But yeah. That's why I did an indoor yeah. sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it. I never sort of, I don't, it's, it's funny saying this because I probably shouldn't be in professional sport, but I really don't enjoy going away. I don't like going abroad. Right. I hate it. I would rather stay at home. So kind of in the wrong job, but. Oh well, it's happened now. Right. Um, so I yeah, I just I never plan to go on any training camps unless it's kind of essential. If it's like right. a 
heat like a heat track camp or a altitude camp yeah, yeah. then then I, I would go on it but I never really planned to go on any training camps just yeah. because I do want to stay at home for as long as I can because I know that once sort of April comes around I'm going to be away all the time so yeah, I just yeah. want to spend as much time at home as I can so yeah there's a few camps that people are sort of talking about going going away in the new year and at the minute I just think well, if the weather's okay in the UK, I'll stay in the UK because yeah. everything's so much easier. I've got my house. I've got, I can go into the centre of Leeds and go for meals or cafes yeah, yeah. and I know where everything is. So, and when you go away, it's a little bit trickier because you, you don't know where things are and everything's yeah, a bit different. And so, yeah, I, I just, I just kind of play it by ear. I like it. I like it. So when you get selected for that British team, does that automatically make you a professional athlete where you funded even if it's a lower level funding or does that come a little bit later on for you that's a bit later on so yeah when I got onto the talent squad that's sort of junior level so that's from uh 19 and under right um so I was on that from the age of 16 to uh like 18 I think I was on that and then I moved and then basically from there then then you start to get um then you start to get funding if you hit certain criteria so for me I got onto funding because I won European juniors um so I got onto funding from that so you kind of enter the funding level at the bottom as a as a junior yeah, you yeah. can't go more, you can't go any higher than sort of C as yeah. uh, so you kind of enter at the bottom and then you work your way up as you get to a senior and um, then you get, yeah, we get funded from the National Lottery, which is which is nice. And, yeah, we're all very, very grateful of that because it, it yeah, does yeah. really help. What's that like being a non-triathlete at 16, qualifying for the trials, qualifying for the team, getting on the talent pool, and then being a European champion within three years? Yeah, yeah, it is a, it is a bit mad because uh, I think, well, I think I won European juniors actually in, uh oh god I'm trying to think now it might have been 2011 so I think I was only 17 when I won yeah. European Juniors 16 17 uh I won it two years back to back um wow. and yeah it's like it's a, it is a bit crazy because I was still quite new to the sport so yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all and I was just like as I was a good swimmer so I was always there out yeah, the water yeah. And then for me, it was mainly just about hanging in there on the bike and just making it to the end of the bike and then hopefully running away from everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a shock. It was a massive shock. And I remember calling my dad after the race and he was crying. I was like, oh, bloody hell. Um, so, <laughs> it yeah. always worse when your dad cries, isn't it? Yeah. When yeah. your mom cries, you kind of accept it. But as soon as your dad sees something gets emotional, it's like, your bottom lip starts wobbling and you yeah yeah well he I mean he cries at everything to be fair but um no he was crying and then I was like and then I started crying I'm like what am I crying for (laughs) um but yeah no it was uh it was quite it was it was just an an incredible winning European juniors to be honest and I still remember it and just being so exhausted crossing the finish line but also just shocked I just like the girls I was against had been doing it for years and I was quite new to it still so I imagine they're looking over going who's this who's this Georgia yeah yeah who's she I've never seen her before and she's won two Europeans I know yeah and then I I came back the year after and I had to win there because there's so much pressure on you as a reigning champ that you want to go and win again so uh yeah no I I just I don't know I I just I'm just so 
I just think I'm just so driven and I just yeah, yeah. I just love it. I just love competing. For me, training is training. I've got yeah. I've got to do it. And yeah, yeah. I enjoy I do enjoy training and I, I enjoy pushing myself because I, I want to push myself and see how hard I can go that day. But for me, racing is just exciting. Racing is like the party. You just I just get so excited for it and yeah, yeah. I just want to go out there and race and enjoy it. So yeah, at the same time though, I am very nervous before a race. Um, I've got a lot better over the years. I'm not as nervous anymore, apart from the Olympic Games. That was that was a different ballpark, to be honest. But yeah, well, um, I can imagine. Yeah, that, that would was that your first Olympic Games? Yeah, my first. I was just thinking because you yeah. talked about your injuries there, so I was just thinking about the the cycle for 2016. It probably would have been almost out the loop for the 2016 Olympics because of your injury. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, that was that was the the aim in 2014 before I got injured, and then yeah, yeah. when the injury just took so long to to recover from, um, I only just started doing like competing again in 2016. So obviously, I wasn't going to yeah, be going yeah. to the Olympics. I mean, what was that like having a t- almost two years out of the game? Did your funding stop, or were you still funded through that because then you're going to come back and get back to that level? Or was there ever a part like? Because two years must be take a a huge effect on your on your mental health as well as your physical health was there any point yeah. of you where you thought I don't know if I'm going to get back here um no there was there was never a point of me thinking that to be honest um yeah. I guess I mean there probably was but nothing that I can ever remember getting really yeah, yeah. really down about um obviously I it was very it was very hard emotional time and there was a lot of tears and it was yeah. hard but there wasn't I don't remember ever thinking I'm never going to be able to get back there again. Yeah. I I was just I was just so determined to get back there. And at the start of the injury, I was kind of told you might never run again, because um, I had a navicular stress fracture, which is in your foot, quite a big bone with um, a really low blood supply, so it doesn't heal well at right. all. It takes a long time to heal. So we I tried to heal it for the first six weeks, just offloading it in a boot, yeah. and it actually got worse. So then after six weeks I had it operated on so then it was six weeks in a cast and then six weeks in a boot and then after that I started sort of just walking on my own for five weeks right. um and then I got another stress fracture in my foot so then it was six weeks back in a boot again so it was like it was hard because you just it, you just think why is the world against me and I just wanted to be able to race and I just wanted to be able to train yeah, and I, yeah. I could hardly walk at points like I, I couldn't walk so um yeah it was it was a really tricky time but I think I was very fortunate that I had my family around me and they were constantly keeping me busy and checking in on me and then I had my friends around me and I had I was at university so I had my university right. studies to focus on and yeah. at that point I was doing my dissertation so I had all of that to keep me really busy um and I just tried to keep upbeat about it I was like no I will get through this and I think so many times I was like I would google navicular stress factor recovery and just trying to find stories on the internet of what other people had gone through and I know like um Jessica Ennis Hill had one as well so reading that she got through it and obviously she became uh, Olympic champion so Like it's nice to hear those stories because you think, oh, well, she did it, I can do it. And so I was I was trying to find all these stories for a bit of hope on the internet. But yeah, like at the very start, I was kind of told you yeah, you might never run again. So that was a little bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just thought, no, they're being they're being a bit dramatic because <laughs> sometimes the 
sometimes the medical professionals can be a bit dramatic in what they say to you. So I just and think, I suppose ah, you're and- dealing with the elite as well. You know, there's there's not it's not just your local doctor who's just going to tell you what you want to hear. It's you're literally dealing yeah. with the, the elite level doctors. Did you do you have a psychologist as well? Do you, or do you use a psychologist? Yeah, I did. I did use a psychologist uh, before I got injured, and it it didn't work for me. It wasn't for me at all. And I think at that point, I was in quite a, I was in quite a, a weird place, I guess, because I was trying, I was like transferring from junior to senior level, yeah. and my training had increased because I was going into senior now, so I had to do more training. I was going to start doing Olympic distance races, so everything was kind of doubling. Everything was increasing, right. and I was living with athletes who were doing more than me. And then you get sucked into that and you think, oh, I should be doing more. Right. Okay. Um, and then then just naturally, I'm quite, I, I lose weight very quickly anyway. So naturally, I just lost weight very quickly. But at the same time, I was also quite conscious about what I was eating. And I've always been someone that I look, I look after my body and I want to feed my body with good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I just think I, I probably wasn't giving it what it needed and yeah, yeah. I lost I lost quite a bit of weight just from training more and then stress of university and like I said not giving my body exactly what it needed I, di- I didn't I increased my training but I didn't increase how much I was eating just because yeah, yeah. I just didn't really think about it um but then uh yeah so then I I noticed though straight away that I was losing quite a bit of weight and kind of mentioned it to my my mum and my sister first and said um, I feel like I've lost quite a bit of weight. Do you think the same or am I being delusional? Uh, and they said, yeah, no, we we have, we can tell. Yeah. So then I got in touch with the nutritionist and said, look, I've lost my periods now as well. And I know that that's not good. And yeah, yeah. I know that I've lost weight. So then we started to monitor everything from there. Um, and I was kind of put on a, a program of like being weighed quite often every week. I was being weighed and I was getting skin folds done often and had to just get my body weight up. Um, and then kind of the the big thing was I got I got quite low and then I wasn't allowed to do a triathlon race because they said it was going to be dangerous for me right. to race, um, which I obviously was really angry about. I was like, this is so unfair because I've done yeah, yeah. everything you've called me to do. And I'm not gaining the weight. And yeah. I did, like, I was, I was like, there's literally nothing more I could do. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. And you're not letting me race. So, um, yeah, uh, after that, no surprise, I got injured. And that's when I got my big injury. And uh, But, yeah, during that period where I was, I, I lost quite a bit of weight, I did see, I, I was working with a psychologist. But that, I, I feel like at the time I, I didn't enjoy it. And it was kind of forced on me because yeah, yeah. I think they thought that I had quite a severe eating disorder uh, and I think there was kind of rumors going around that I did and personally I don't think I did have an eating disorder I think everyone in sport has some sort of disordered eating because naturally you do like we're literally pre- performing every single day you've got to look after your body so you do have disordered eating but I didn't think I had an eating disorder uh, um, but yeah, I was kind of forced to see this psychologist then, which I didn't enjoy. And I said, no, enough is enough. Now I don't, I'm, this isn't working for me. It's not what I want. And I don't yeah. feel like I'm getting anything out of it um, apart from just not enjoying it. Um, but yeah, then I got quite injured. And then um, I think that was, I always feel like things happen for a reason. Yeah, yeah, um, and I feel like that was, that was good because I was still very young. I was only 21 and I feel like I could have got, sucked into 
like professional sport and yeah, very yeah. serious level sport too soon and things could have gone wrong two years after that yeah, and yeah. then it might have been too late yeah, so yeah. yeah I always try and tell myself things happen for a reason and I think that's why I'm quite positive about, about things and getting through things and I never think about quitting I mean what was you talked about that I, I, I talked about I've talked about disorders with a number of different people so I'm not even going to go down that route again but you're talking <laughs> about the the European the, the under 19s the senior level the junior senior how big is the difference and even in just in competition when you get there you know you must go up there with a with a bit of a swag, bit of confidence. You know, I'm double European champion. I'm coming up now. I'm I'm coming to take over, and rightly so. Yeah, I think you have to be. I think you have to be almost a bit arrogant sometimes when you when you're going against other people who are professional athletes or are good at the sports. What did you realize straight away? Like, oh my goodness, this step up is huge. Or was it? Or did you transition really well? No, I I never thought like I was just the European junior champ, and I podium I came second at world juniors as well but I never thought at all oh I'm going to go into the senior races and I'm going to be great and I'm going to be well up there um because I watched the senior races and those girls were incredible and they were my idols and I looked at them and thought oh my god there's no way I can keep up with them like they're ridiculous so I think that's probably why I increased my training so much because I was like well there's no way I can keep up with these girls these girls are incredible um and I just didn't want to get lapped out in races. So I knew that I had to increase my training. I was also around all the senior girls that were the best in the world. I saw what they were doing and I thought, oh, Jesus, they do like double the amount of training that I'm doing. I really need to step up my game. Um, so, yeah, I think it was it was a it's definitely a massive jump from because you do go from junior to under 23 to senior. But that's only in championships. So right. that's only twice a year so technically you are going from junior to senior because after you're a junior you then just go straight into senior like world cup races european cup races world series sort of stuff um and then when it's championship races you come back down to like under 23 level but you do you do as a 19 year old you do go straight into senior races so it's quite yeah it's quite terrifying in that my very first world series race i felt like I didn't really have a place there because I knew that they were so much better than me. Um, And I just kind of kept out the way. I didn't want to get in the way of them. Um, So, yeah, it was all quite a big learning curve for me. I can imagine. What do you think about the the, the progression system from under-19s to under-23s before then you kind of compete? Are you allowed to compete at senior competitions, even if you're under-23, or is it just not allowed? Um. No, no. So yeah, you can compete at senior from any age, really. Um, You just have to be ready. But the the thing is with senior level racing is, well, back then there was a lot of Olympic distance racing. Now there's more sprint distance racing. So it's it's probably a bit easier now to transition from junior to senior because there are more sprint distance races and they're trying to mix it up with the super sprint stuff as well. Um, But yeah, you... It's just Olympic distance racing is so different and it, it takes a completely different athlete because it's two hours of racing. So you have to be very, very prepared for that. Um, nice. But yeah, it, it, you can you can go into the senior racing what, whatever age you want, really. You just have to be ready. But I think coaches are quite cautious that people don't get sucked into it too young because it right. is very easy to get sucked into it because you don't want to 
miss out on things and if other people are doing it then you think oh well if she can do it then why can't I do it yeah. um but I think they were quite British triathlon are, I feel are very sensible um and they do hold you back because and they hold right. you back for a reason even though at the time you think like they're against you they are doing it for a reason well, I just thought that's because I've, and I've asked a few people who've got that, that system in their sport and they they all like the progression system, whereas the sport I did and a few other sports I've sport, there's not that. It was, I mean, when I was young, it was 16, you went into adults. So you went from fighting juniors to, to seniors at 16 and you could be getting hit off a, off a man who's 28, 29 year old, 30 something year old. And the difference is obviously, the difference is huge. Mm. But I felt it was a, it was a good learning curve, if that makes sense. I mean, oh, really? as you say, it's maybe it's not, I mean, it's 18 now, it's 18 and under now, which is, which I totally agree with. But once you hit 18 and plus, you you just go and fight adults. There is there is categories where you can do under twenty ones and twenty threes, but for me personally, I'm I just think if that's who I'm going to have to beat anyway. I'd rather find out what what I'm dealing with now, yeah, rather than yeah, having that, that progression system. So I I just like to ask the question, but because I haven't been through that progression system, that that's why I've got that opinion. If I'd been through that progression system, I might be able to say, oh no, I really agree with it because it, it it's nice building blocks. But I didn't know if it was maybe it was a bit more of a surprise when you got there because because twenty three still. You know, you some people peak at that age, and other people, I know people are probably your age at peak now. But I, yeah, I just like ask the question and find out what your what your opinions of it are. Yeah, no, I d- I definitely do. I agree in triathlon with the progression system because it's quite it is an intense sport, and yeah. you see so many people drop out quite young because of injuries and eating disorders and all sorts of problems. So I think it is. It's good to have the progression because it is it's very intense once you start doing the senior racing because it's a lot of travel and it's a lot of time away. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think it's better to just go through it a bit easier um yeah. and then save that sort of stuff for when you're older. <laughs> and how did you get on at under 23 level? So I missed the first two years as an under 23 because I was injured um because I I got yeah. injured straight out of junior so I missed the first two years and then and then I didn't like 2016 2017 I didn't do that much racing because I was still just getting back into the racing so I didn't do loads but I did do world uh, under 23s in 2016 and 17 so 2016 world under 23s I came I think I came fourth both years, actually, which I felt like was a bit of a curse. I was like, oh, for God's sake, I just can't get on the podium. (laughs) Um, And both years, something went wrong. Uh, So, yeah, the first year was in Mexico, in Cozumel. It was really, really hot. And that was my very first Olympic distance race. So um, I was really nervous for that one because it was it was hot and I had never done an Olympics. I didn't know what to expect at all. And I was doing my first Olympic at the World Champs. So uh yeah it was a bit scary wow. yeah. uh and then I think I got had a really good swim and on the bike we had a break and we got a little gap formed and I wanted to keep that so I just started pushing I kind of saw the gap was about 30 odd seconds or something wow. and I thought no that's not enough I know I'm not running fast faster than the girls behind so we need more than that on the bike and then the, so this is probably in the first bike lap and then um, I went to the front, I was like pushing harder and it had been wet overnight and I slipped out in one of the corners and came off. I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that that went, that went wrong. Uh, and then I was in the second bike park and, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was just a bit annoying. And I, when I 
yeah when I came off as well I lost my gels on my bike so I was a bit nervous there because I thought oh god I need that energy this is yeah. a two-hour race um so it's a bit of an, it's a bit of a nightmare when you lose your gels um so yeah but I came forth I did pretty well and then the year wow. after I um got a penalty in the world champs at under 23s in Rotterdam um so that's the reason I came forth there as well so everything just seemed to go wrong for me uh, at world champs but um no I, I think it was probably a good thing because coming forth at the world two years in a row it made me hungry for more and made me more hungry to get into yeah. the senior race and then and I, I wanted to be to be better so yeah I did I did all right as an under 23 yeah. I wasn't I wasn't amazing it wasn't like I was some sort of prodigy um but I, I did all right and I was just I was just ready for some senior racing and and to get stuck in with that what was it like then when you did your first senior Senior, I know you've um, obviously been doing the, the World Series ones where you can compete in them, but when you get to your first senior international event, the major one, what what's that experience like? Yeah, my first senior, I think by that point, um, my first senior world champs was Gold Coast 20, um, 2018. I mean, so, been some horrible that, places, yeah, I know, yeah. So, by that point, I'd already done for world champs so even though though Gold Coast was my first senior one I didn't it it didn't um I didn't really think about it being a senior world champs it was just another world champs and every world champs I'm still like amazed to be there and it's so I'm so fortunate and grateful that I've been selected and to be around such an incredible team in British triathlon I mean the the strength and depth there is just ridiculous at the minute and it oh, it has been for a long time um so just to be a part of that team is incredible and to be able to get selected for those world champs so yeah it was um it, it was a it was quite a weird experience for me though at the world champs because I was going into the world champs uh, the senior world champs in Gold Coast in 2018 ranked third in the world and I so it, it was strange it wasn't like I was just going in at the the deep end so to speak um because I, I had already kind of established myself on this senior on the senior scene in in 2018 anyway so um I was quite nervous because I wanted to finish overall but I knew that I could have a, an all right result and and managed to still finish third so I think I only managed like eighth on the day right. uh but it was it, it was enough points for me to finish third in the series overall I was going to say because now it must be with it being the Olympic cycle, these points must tally up and head, you know, and you've already said your aim is to be an Olympian mm-hmm. as yeah. well. So yeah. is that is that in the back of your mind as you're competing as well? Um the Olympic point system isn't ever really I don't ever really think about that because I I don't know it is what it is. You just collect the yeah, points. Yeah. But the world sit the the world triathlon series, yeah. well it was back back in 2018. Um, I was, I didn't think about it at the beginning of 2018 because I, that year I actually just wanted to get one or two starts for the world series races. Cause I was probably the last one to be picked cause I was right. the weakest British athlete. Um, so I just wanted, I wanted to be able to get starts for a few of them. And then I did, I did pretty well. That's when I got my first world series podium in Leeds in 2018, um, came second there and then. From there, I was just kind of like, oh, this is nice being on the podium. I I like this and kind of just made me hungry for more. And I knew 
and knew how the races were panning out and knew what I needed to do. And um, yeah, just sort of get, kept getting podiums after that. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm, then, I was, I'm, I'm just looking down here. I mean, bronze 2019, 2018 bronze, then World Triathlon Series gold 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and then gold in the World Championships as well. So, I mean, going into the Olympic Games, were you happy it was delayed by a year? Because there's big pressure on you there. All of a sudden, is you know, your World Series champion, your World Champion, you're going to the Olympics. Surely, is one of the favourites to to win the Olympics, coming off the back of the results you've had. What was that like going into those games? Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't know that I would have been any more prepared for 2020 than I was for 2021. Yeah. Um, maybe it would have been. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have got injured. Uh, in 2020 before the games but yeah. then again maybe maybe I would have got injured so mm. I don't know for me I think some people it's very clear that um, like say Alex G he always says that the year definitely gave him more to yeah. work on and he got a lot he, he completely changed the athlete that he was in that year so it definitely worked for him having it a year later but for me I'm not really I'm not really entirely sure it did change yeah, much yeah. for me Um but yeah, going into the games was strange because I was probably one of the favourites and I expected a, a lot of myself going into Tokyo. But then when I got injured, the expectation was still there for me, even yeah. though it probably shouldn't have been there right. because I knew that I hadn't been able to do the training that I wanted to be able to yeah. do. And I knew that I, I, just, the, I wasn't going to be the best I could be on that day. Um, I, I wasn't going to be the athlete that I wanted to be, um, wow. but I I just had to work with with what I had been able to do. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was it was strange because I, I shouldn't have had the pressure, and no one else was putting pressure on me. It was just pressure from myself. Because it I, sounds like you're the only person who puts pressure on you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I I dreamt of being an Olympian for how many ever years since yeah, I was yeah. a child, and I wanted an Olympic medal, and that seemed possible the 12 weeks before the games because everything was going so well yeah, yeah. and then after that it didn't seem as possible and I think then uh, yeah I, do, I don't know I still I still wanted to do well but in my head I thought oh I might just scrape a top six um I, like podium wasn't even I wasn't I just didn't think that was possible at all not with really? the, the the little amount of, of running that I'd been able to do I just thought that there's no way maybe if it was 5k race but not a 10k like you get, I'm like you're going to get shown up then, um. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was strange. I think I I did put pressure on myself because I wanted to perform, um. But yeah, leading into the games, I I didn't sleep for the few days leading into it just because I was so 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 nervous. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, what was it like when you got there to the games? This is this is what you dreamt about since you did that PowerPoint presentation as a ten year old girl, you know. And all of a sudden, I mean, obviously you've got nothing to compare it to, so. It's a very different games to the usual games, but regardless, it's it's the first Olympic Games you've ever been to. That must be spectacular. What mm -hmm. was it like when you got yeah. there? I mean, did you go to the opening ceremony, or were you were you not out there at the time? No, uh, no one was allowed. Actually, there was a few select athletes that were allowed to go, right. um, but I, I don't think we would have gone anyway because yeah, we were yeah. one of the first one of the first races. Yeah, so yeah. not ideal all that time on your feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got out to japan about two weeks before the game yeah. so we had a 
holding camp for 10 days outside of Tokyo. It was like a 90 minute flight from Tokyo. And that was, uh, that was really nice because we, we'd, I'd been there twice before and we knew the whole environment. We knew the rides, we knew the yeah, running yeah. and it, it was just very chilled and they're just so, so nice there. And they'll do absolutely anything thought for you and everything was done for us. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, all provided, wow. washing done, everything done for you. You didn't have to lift a, th- a finger and that's exactly what you need going into the games because hey. you want, you want to just train and rest and eat. And so that was really nice being there and it kind of felt it was strange being there because we kind of just I kind of just felt like we were on a training camp and it was all right. very chilled and it was it was really nice um and then yeah when we got to Tokyo things got more real then yeah, yeah. um we didn't stay in the athletes um in the athletes village right. we stayed in a hotel by the race course yeah, yeah. um which was perfect because it just kept all the noise away from us yeah, because yeah. there's so much going on in the village and as cool as it is to be there and it's your an Olympic Games and you should experience it like we've gone there to do a job and we need Definitely. to be very serious about yeah, it no, I agree. Um, so yeah we were well looked after in the hotel and we were just kept away from everything and all the we didn't have to get all the transfers like they had to get yeah, um, yeah. so yeah there, there was still a lot of protocols there and you were never allowed to just walk out of the hotel you always had to go in a car yeah, yeah. Um, but we were a lot closer to the race site so it was yeah it was just when we got there it was very daunting and you knew then that you were there to race and yeah, then you have you go to the race site and you do like the, the recce's and then you do the race briefing and it's all very very nerve-wracking um, what, I was just gonna say what's it like when you line up them and you, you know you're competing for the Olympic medal like you've dreamed of what's it like when you're on that start line what's going through your head it's it's just awful it's yeah I think for me, race day wasn't as bad as the day before. So we were all in our own bedrooms, which was worse. But just because of COVID, we had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I had so much time on my own to just be with my own thoughts. And that's, that's why I just good. didn't sleep. Yeah, like the night before the race, I slept for about two hours. I was just I was just awake. I couldn't sleep. I was yeah, so yeah. nervous. I felt sick. And just the level of nerve where your heart is just constantly racing and I thought, I don't think I can do this. I, I actually, I don't want to race. I'm so nervous for it. Um, and it, I think just because the amount of messages that I got from people saying, yeah. good luck, or we know you're going to do amazing. You're going to smash it. You're going to get a medal. You're going to bring a medal home. And I'm like, that is so lovely, but just please leave me alone. Because, <laughs> it doesn't help. Yeah, I don't I don't need that pressure on yeah, me. Yeah, like, course. I know you're just being lovely saying these things and just joking about it, but... At the same time, I feel like I'm expected to bring yeah, something yeah, home course. now. And especially when you see all the other British athletes bringing medals home yeah. and you think, oh, God, they've got one. Now I'm, and now I'm going to have to get one. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to um, go home without one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think the night before was definitely a wor- the worst. And then the morning of kind of, it was only, I was only really nervous because I opened the curtains and it was, absolutely tipping it down it was awful and I thought oh brilliant but like Japanese roads aren't made for the wet because there's just painted lines everywhere for for no reason I don't understand the whole road is just painted lines and I think it's something to do with like deflecting the light right um, and the heat and then the heat from the roads but there's lines everywhere and it was such a technical course and it was not a course where you wanted it to be bad weather and it was and I just, I think I opened the curtains and I laughed at first. I was like, 
oh yeah typical but only did I get injured and everything seems to have gone wrong now it's raining on race day we've done all this stupid heat prep for no reason um so yeah that was the that was how it started on race day at like three in the morning we were up because we had a half six race um so yeah went did, did that and then had breakfast and stuff and just sort of sat nervously in the team room with everyone eating our rice um and then yeah we headed to race site and once we were at race site, I think I calmed down a little bit yeah, because, yeah. like I said earlier, for me, I love, I do love racing. I really do enjoy it. Um, so once we were there, we, me and Jess constantly kept saying, oh, for God's sake, can you believe it's flipping rain? But then at the same time, I was like, well, it is what it is, I guess. Like yeah. everyone's got to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So at least we're getting it done because there was rumour before the race that um two days before that they were gonna postpone our race by two days because right. there was this typhoon coming in and right. luckily they didn't postpone it because the typhoon just missed Tokyo. Wow. Um so yeah I was like at least we're just getting it done now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah at, at that point I think you build up all your nerves before the race and yeah. then you get there and you think oh I just want it to be done now. Yeah yeah of so course. I uh yeah kind of got prepared for the race on the start line very very nervous but my only job for that race, because even though I expected a lot of myself and there was so much, I felt like I put so much pressure on myself. I also just wanted to go into that race and have a really good swim because I didn't know how my running and cycling was going. So I just, I knew that I was swimming pretty well because I, I was able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just told myself, look, Georgia, this is a 20 minute swim race. That's all you have to think about. Just 20 minutes as hard as you possibly can. and then." wherever you are from there let's go from that point and figure out the rest of the race after that and luckily I had a really good swim um and I was there and very shocked I was there and just I couldn't believe it because I got out of the water with we had a 30 second gap on yeah. the next person and I I could not I genuinely couldn't believe it I heard that went out of the water and was like no Im- impossible that has to be wrong because it's never happened there's never a gap that big um and then yeah the gap just kept going out so yeah it was I just felt like the mo- most of the race I was just I was still just shocked that I was in that group and yeah, yeah. I always am just shocked that I'm in the front group because I don't feel like I'm a very good swimmer I think I just get lucky most of the time because I have good start positions right um but I don't think even like when I've had a bad position, like in Abu Dhabi recently, where I was ranked really low, I was ranked like 39, I still had a good swimmer and I was still in the front group. So right. even that, though, I, I even think, no, I'm still not a good swimmer. I just got lucky. I just got on the right feet. Um, so I'll never back myself as a swimmer at all. because I just Probably don't a good think way to be the one. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, I'm quite humble when it comes to Yeah, no, so. yeah. It's, it's, um, I don't think it's a bad way to look at it, and especially if it's working for you. Which it yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was just I was just sort of shocked the whole race. Yeah, yeah. I was there, I mean, to be honest. This is probably the most common question you got asked, but I've already said I was absolutely gripped by it. You know, my wife said, Why are you coming to bed? 20 past one. I was like, if you've seen the triathlon, you'll understand why. As I said, she watched the highlights in the morning after and she's like, Okay, I, I totally get it. But you've already said about things just seem to go wrong at world championship level and, and at international competitions. What was going through your head when you got a puncher? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's hard. I wish I could like actually fully remember, but I I do remember just almost laughing at first because I looked down and I was like, oh yeah, obviously typical. I've yeah, obviously yeah. got puncture. 
at the Olympic Games yeah. when I've already had an injury coming into it. What else could go wrong right yeah. now? Great, a puncture. So I think I was just almost laughed because I just thought, yep, this yeah. seems about right. This probably should be happening to me, shouldn't it? Because for some reason, the world hates me. Um, <laughs> and then that was like for a split second. And then straight away, I thought, okay, right, what do we do? So I didn't panic. I didn't really panic at all because no. there was no there was no need for me to panic. And also, I think I probably would have panicked and I would have been very angry had it have been halfway through the bike. Yeah, yeah. But I knew at that point I was 2K away from the finish. So yeah, I yeah. thought there's not too much that can go wrong in 2k as long as I stay upright yeah. I'll be fine I'm obviously going to lose time but I'll be fine um so yeah I just had to think so I was right by a wheel station yeah, so yeah. first of all I initially thought in my head okay we've got quite a few dead turns in this course and a few corners left to tackle still so I had to just think just be very careful there and then there was a wheel stop and I looked at it. I think you can physically see me looking at yeah, it. Yeah. And I I was like, mm, no, I'm going to lose yeah. too much time because, again, I had to think really quick. I was like, right, if I stop now, I've got to, I've got to find my wheel first. I'm yeah, not allowed yeah. to have any help at all. I've got to take right. my skewer out. I've got to get my wheel out. I've got to put the new wheel back in. I've got to put my skewer back in. That's going to I'm going to lose at least a minute. Yeah, so that yeah. by that point, I'd be in the chase group. So, yeah, all I had to do then was just, I had quite a bit to focus on. So that's yeah, yeah. probably why I didn't panic because I had to think, okay, so I've got this dead turn and then I've got that right-hander. I've got another right-hander and that's on the grate. And then I've got a left-hander and then I've got to dismount my bike. So there was so much for me to think about yeah, yeah. that it kept my brain quite busy and I didn't have time to actually get stressed or panic about it. But Do you practice do for those scenarios? Uh, no, not at all. No, you never, like, you, you never practice changing a, a wheel really fast. Like mm. maybe like co- unconsciously you think you think about it um, and say, I'm just changing my wheel. Sometimes I think, Oh, let's see how fast I can do it. If yeah, I ever yeah. have to race. Um, but yeah, you never, you never practice for that sort of thing at all. It's just something that happens where basically we all joke before the race. Cause you put your wheels in the wheel station, but you basically say, Oh, well, if you've got a punch, you screwed anyway, you're out the race. So we all like we have spare wheels in the wheel station, but we do genuinely all joke and say, yeah, "Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll put my wheels in, but if I've got a punctured race over." Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not something that you actually think about. But I just remember going past the the head coach with just before the final stretch on the bike, and I just I just shouted to him because I think I looked at him and I knew that he, he might not have known what had happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just looked a bit shocked, and I just went, "Dan, I've got a puncture," and he was like, "I know, carry on." I was like, oh, "I just don't want to anymore." <laughs> so yeah, I was just trying to, I was just trying to like almost just let him know, just so he didn't think. I think in my head, I was probably thinking, "I don't want Ben to think I got dropped from the bike route." So I just wanted to make sure he knew I didn't get yeah, dropped. Yeah. I got a puncture. Um, so yeah, I just had to sort of navigate myself around that and then like I said then I had to think then I then I panicked a little bit because I thought oh god I've never dismounted with a puncture I don't I don't know how this is gonna work so I was very very careful when I was dismounting because like I said I just wanted to be able to stay upright at that point and then um I knew then I was I I, I said to myself just settle into the run because I could very easily have got carried away and just gone hell for leather 
and just <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it looks like you did anyway. I think I did. <laughs> from the observer but, from the outside who doesn't know a lot about running or anything. I mean, yeah, but the, not, um, that was a, not, not unbelievable. Oh, I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> the thing, how, how much time you'd lost on the front group. The, the watch you overtake them all was just, it was fun. What was going through your head as you were kind of picking them off? Um, I just, I was confused, I think. I Because I felt very good on that first lap. Yeah, I felt yeah. very good. I felt very comfortable. I really in control because I didn't sprint out of transition. I actually, I, conscious, I consciously left thinking, just stay relaxed. Yeah, yeah. And just get into your rhythm, Georgia. Um, and I could see the girls ahead. So I thought, so that calmed me down a little bit. And I thought, oh, well, they're right ahead of me. And even then I thought, well, the top five, this is pretty good. I can't be disappointed with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, just, I don't know. I was just confused because I, I passed Laura Linderman and then I passed Jess. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? How I don't feel like I'm killing it here. And yeah, I feel yeah. really good. So, um, yeah, I just kept chipping away. And I was just, then I was in bronze medal position for... Jesus Christ, I'm going to get a medal at the Olympic Games. And then Amazing. and then I was getting closer to, yeah, then I was getting closer to Katie. And I think it got down to five seconds. And I thought, God, I, I'm, I think I can catch her. So I I was kind of biding my time because I was suffering at that point. After the first lap, I was starting to suffer. So I was just biding my time. And I just I was just like, no, just hang on, just hang on. And I knew exactly where I wanted to pass it. Yeah, I thought tactically, I'm going to pass her on the ramp coming down into yeah, transition. Yeah. Naturally, I can pick up my leg speed there. I don't have to put in an extra yeah, effort. Yeah. I'm just naturally going to pick up some speed. So all I had to do was just let my legs get carried away on the downhill and come off of it with a bit of speed. And then if I can gap her, that's great. And luckily I did. And then I just had to keep that gap then. So yeah, I was running scared the last lap because I was in sober position then. I wanted that. And I knew Flora was untouchable i couldn't get her any her speed was ridiculous when she went off on that yeah. run it was like oh my goodness i mean do you think if you'd been in that front pack you'd have kept up with the pace she set off on that run i think so yeah i think a lot of people have asked that do you think you could have beat flora i don't think i could have beat her but i think i could have raced against her been there for, and thereabouts yeah yeah for at least 5k yeah yeah yeah, I reckon I could have hopefully been with her for, for 5k and given a bit more of a race. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I just don't there's no way I could have beaten her. No way she was 52 seconds ahead of me. And oh, I only lost crazy. 22 seconds in transition. But yeah. um yeah, I just there, there's no way because I knew before the race, we all knew she was the one to beat from everything we'd seen online and the times that she was running, we knew she was the one to beat. And maybe if I hadn't got the injury, then maybe I could have been with her until the end and we yeah, would have yeah. maybe have been battling it out but you just never know and no. yeah I just I just think I, I, yeah I knew that she was the one to be that day and I knew that if it came down to her and me coming off the bike and the other girls I knew that she was she was going to win if she was anyway. there in the front group yeah yeah I mean I, I, I just think the fact the fact that you've, you've dealt with a puncher and you've come back to win a silver just makes it all the more special. It was just it was genuinely phenomenal to watch. Um, as I said, I, I wasn't lying about it. I was genuinely gripped. Just thinking, oh my goodness, this is this is phenomenal. This is this is something that I think people talk about for years to come. You know, in future Olympics, remember when Georgia Taylor Brown got the silver medal and she had to deal with a puncher? It was it, it was it was genuinely really really special to watch. Um, I mean, what, how did you feel when you crossed the line knowing you were a silver medal? Olympian. 
just coming down the finishing shoot, I was so emotional because of everything that had happened leading into the games. Everything had just seemed to have gone wrong for me. And uh, I, yeah, I was just, I, I was just so emotional. And I think I just, it, everything paid off all of the, you just, just being able to persevere with everything yeah, yeah. and the patience that I had to have throughout that injury and just being held back. And then, also emotional because my my family couldn't be there so that that kind of that really hurt because all I wanted to do and all I thought about was crossing the line and giving them a big cuddle and they couldn't be there so that like I was emotional because of that as well but then I was also just like I don't know just exhausted from the race and just had nothing left in me and and just grateful that it was it was over like it was it was done and I'd finished it and I just, yeah, I just kind of collapsed on the floor because I was so exhausted because yeah, yeah. I completely emptied everything in that race. And then, yeah, just as well, just emotional from the lead up to it and yeah. then around family stuff and personal stuff. It was just, yeah, it was it was yeah. quite, it was just special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you then pick yourself up and the, and the other guys in the team to race again? Yeah, that was... That was weird because it, I had after the the race, uh, the individual race, I had about two hours of media stuff later yeah, on in the yeah. day. So kind of went back to the hotel, got showered, got changed, went back out for the afternoon, did two hours of media, and then that was it. So we had really good support around us, making sure that we weren't getting carried away. So I just had back to back media stuff, two hours, get it done, then back in the pool for a little a little loosen for forty five minutes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, it was just like right that was that was great that's done now let's finish the olympics off let's do what we came here to do and we had such a strong team before the olympics and then after the olympic individual races we had an even stronger team because alex had just medaled johnny had come fifth and jess had had an incredible result being nine so we all we were definitely the favorites and we we knew that we could put together a strong race, but we didn't overemphasize that. And we didn't go into it thinking, right, we're going to win this. We just each individually, we knew what we had to do for that 20 minute race in the relay. We knew exactly what we had to do. And we were all just really determined. And I think we were just, we were just ready, ready to get out there again. And we've had, it it was like the individual was a little bit of a taste of it. And now let's go out for more. Um, So yeah, we were all just, really really determined and probably Alex even more so because in the at the test event in 2019 he got out sprinted um right. and we ended up coming second there so he was even he I think he was even more determined because he didn't want that to happen again yeah. he was so determined to to take the tape this time so um yeah we were just we were just ready to go and we didn't do loads as a team beforehand we did yeah. we just kept it all individual we like I said we knew what we needed to do and we didn't think about it too much. And yeah, we just wanted to go and enjoy it. That's good. Because I was kind of going to say, how do you pick those other people up who maybe haven't meddled? Because let's be honest, if you go to the Olympics, you're not going to take part. You're going to win a medal. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. the way it should yeah. be. How, you know, you've won one. And, you know, there's a couple of medals in that team. Did you guys need to pick the other two up or was it a case of, okay, that, that one's finished now, we'll compartmentalise that and we're going to move on. We've got a real chance of winning the medal here now and, and having that opportunity to win the Olympic medal. So there was no need for it? No, not at all. And and like 
Johnny came fifth and I think that he was very, very happy with that. That's the best I've seen Johnny race in probably since Rio 2016. So that's the best I've seen him race. And he was so happy with that because I think he was obviously, like you said, he wanted a medal. Everyone wants a medal. But I think he was just so happy with his result and he raced incredibly well. And he was just unlucky because he was at the back of the run group, the run, the, the front three split. He was at the back of it, lost touch. It's so hard to get that back then. Um, and so then I think he was really happy, but obviously at the same time, he still wanted more. And he was definitely determined because I think in his head, he said that that was his last Olympic Games. Yeah. So he wanted to finish it on high. Um, Jess was really happy with her individual race. She had an awful injury at the start of at the start of this year, and she wasn't even sure if she was going to be able to be ready for the Olympics. So she was so happy with that race, and just the circumstances on the day as well. She really struggled with her breathing, and just to just for, for her to get that result was incredible. But still, at the same time, she obviously wanted more because we always do want more. Yeah. So again, she was very ready to go out there and race but I think more she was just she was more nervous because I think she felt so much pressure because she was on the first leg and she didn't she didn't want to let us down she was like I'm in a team with you guys and you're all amazing I was like Jess you're an Olympic athlete you've just come ninth at the Olympic Games you've led out the water you're also an incredible athlete and she just puts herself down so much um but yeah she I mean we couldn't have she couldn't have got us off on a better foot. She oh, it was fantastic. tore the field apart. Yeah. And I just remember hearing the gap out of the water already. I think what after one lap on the bike, it was like 25 seconds to the chase back. And I, I thought that does not happen yeah. in a relay at all. Like Jess is fully killing it here. Um so yeah, we were just we were just so proud of her for just absolutely smashing it and she just put us in such a good spirit then yeah yeah um, and, and, and we're win a gold medal what's how does that feel like on top of the silver yeah no that was again that was really emotional and just to see the the, the emotion on alex's face when he crossed yeah, the finish yeah. line and he just sort of again was just like oh thank god it's done like it's yeah. over now we can relax because i think that's what it is for a lot of Olympians it's almost just relief that it's done all those years of all that prep and all that stress and hard work and overthinking everything and doing everything right it's just relief like it's over we can just relax now so we were just so happy and to see Johnny get finally get a gold medal that was incredible and he was just you couldn't wipe the smile off his face so he was so happy and Jess was obviously so happy because she's coming away with an Olympic medal as well. So there was just, yeah, there was so much excitement and the staff members as well. I remember we were getting our, our medal on the podium when they were doing the presentation and in the background, in the stands, you could see all the staff getting together, having a, having a picture together. And they were just so, so happy and just everything had paid off for them. So yeah, it was, it was an incredible feeling. And like I said, at the start, I look back on pictures now and I look back at those ones where Alex crossed the finish line and we all run in for a hug and it still gives me goosebumps and still makes me really emotional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's phenomenal. You're talking about, you know, the just the expelling of emotions and just thank goodness it's over. It's not that long before the next one. Have you got another Olympic cycle in you? Yeah, I think I I think I have. And uh, I don't feel like, yeah, I think I can say that. I, 
I would definitely like to go to another Olympic Games and then I guess see what happens from there. I mean, I've not planned too far ahead. Obviously, three years I can I can plan that and we start collecting Olympic points next year. So right. I'll know what things are looking like yeah, then. Yeah. Um so yeah, first I've got commies to focus on yeah, yeah. um next year. And then and then yeah, looking forward to the Olympics in, in Paris and see what happens really and and see I do I look I like I love triathlon and I'll be 30 in Paris, so I'll be probably coming into my peak by then. Um yeah. but I think I'll just I just get to Paris and see what happens after yeah, that and and go from there. And i I would love to stay in triathlon, but it just depends what my body can do. And if I achieve better than I achieved in Tokyo at Paris, and maybe I'll move on to a different sport. Maybe I'll try a different sport. I I yeah. I don't know yet. I'd love to give cycling a go to be, but um, again, it just it just depends how Paris goes for me and and what happens there. So yeah, that's the the big aim is Paris, and then and then we'll go from there. Really, yeah, value it from there. That's phenomenal. What would be your one piece of advice then that you would give to somebody if who wanted to um, either be a triathlete or just just in general in life? I think just enjoy everything you do. Um, I like. I mean, it's such a cliche, but life is too short to be doing things yeah. that you that don't make you happy. Um, and it's it is just as simple as that. It's just choose the things that make you happy and surround yourself with people that that lift you up and and make you better. And I surround myself with the girls every day that push me every single day to be a better person and to be a stronger athlete and a better athlete. And I'm just doing triathlon because it, it makes me happy. I absolutely love doing it, and I get so much out of it. And I I I'm just going to keep doing it for as long as I possibly can, and for as long as it makes me happy. So yeah, it is as simple as just do the things that make you happy. Oh, I love that, Georgia. I could probably speak to you for another hour and a half, easy. But <laughs> I, I'm conscious I'm taking up a lot of your even. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle. It's been an absolute pleasure learning about your journey, and congratulations again. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.